The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome to the show. I hope the Lord blesses you today, and by His grace, hey, we will get to you and other callers. All you got to do is dial eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. I want to hear from you. Give me a call; it'd be great. And let's see. Why don't we just jump right on the phones and get to uh, Cameron from Nampa? Hey, Cameron. Hey, buddy. How you doing, man? Hello. Hey, I was just calling. Oh, I'm getting an echo though. It's kind of yeah. hard to talk. To Are you out? You outside walking, or I know everybody. Everybody had no camera. He's a friend of mine. You 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 walking, or are you inside? Well, no. Luckily, I'm uh, driving home already. Okay. But I just wanted to call in celebration of the uh, early leak uh, decision by the Supreme Court, looking like they're going to strike down Roe v. Wade, which Good. while it's not going to make abortion illegal, it would pave the way so that states, if they so choose, would make baby murder illegal. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. And yeah. uh, I heard about that. It's not official. We'll see what happens, but people are up in arms because the baby killers want uh, to be able to destroy human life um, on different chat systems that this topic is coming up. I tried to get into one, but I didn't have time to get into it because uh, it had so many people ahead of me talking. But it's a big topic. And, uh, yeah, I've written a lot about it, talk a lot about it. And it's just praise God, you know, praise God. But these yeah. liberals who want to kill Absolutely. the unborn for their own convenience, and then they stand on a, on a moral high horse that they have the right of their own body while they're telling you to get go, go get a kill with vaccination. Yeah, that's right. Hypocrites. Yep. Good. Yeah, okay. so that's what my, my call is all about. Just say, praise the Lord for that. Yes. I hope it happens. I hope they re- remove it and, uh, you know, maybe God will start blessing this country if uh, we start doing things that are godly instead of ungodly. And then maybe we can stop this uh, promotion of homosexuality, LGBTQ stuff in the schools to our kindergartners. Oh, man. Yeah. Yep, that's what yep. I'm hoping for. A turn for at least a time towards God instead of in um, right. obvious rebellion. That's right. Obvious rebellion, and the left is having a meltdown over Twitter, and uh, they don't. They the, the the left is really interesting. The far left, that is, they are tolerant only of their own view while they're accusing others of being intolerant. Their hypocrisy is is just carried around in their little red wagon behind them, and they throw stupidity out as though it's brilliant, rational thought. They, uh, they, they are so full of, of hypocrisy and lies, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping that uh, it goes all the way. And I just hope it's there. Because I'll tell you, the right to privacy does not mean you can kill your kill the life in you yeah i talk about that a lot no no yeah what else you you don't you shouldn't have the right to to murder and what else are you going to call it when 
what is that which is in the womb? It's an innocent mm-hmm. human life, and when you're going to violently destroy that, what is it? What what yeah. what what can you call that other than than murder? Yeah. But then they'll say, yeah. "Oh, you know, life doesn't begin at conception; it continues at conception, incidentally." And uh, human life is right there. Everything's needed for for that is right there. And I've argued uh, logic with um, a lot of uh, abortion pro boards over the years, and they don't have very very good answers at all. They don't. When you start cross examining them, uh, it falls apart. Yeah, it does. Anyway. So good, yep. good man. I'm glad you. So you're getting off work? Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Good. I All actually right. got off work uh, at a normal time. That's weird. Well, good. You can go to my house yeah. and clean up. Yeah, because I'll have stuff for you if you get up early. You can. That's a joke. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Well, hopefully we'll be doing plenty. The up in the mountains this weekend. That's right. Yeah. Let me know when that's going to happen. I got to get up there. All right, buddy. All righty. Talk to you later. All right. Sounds good. All right. That's Cameron, a friend of mine. He's a good guy. He is a good guy. And uh, let's see. You've got three open lines, 877 Joe from Ohio. Hey, Joe, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, Matt. This is hey. Joe, um, first-time caller. Um, I've got a question about uh, cremation. Um, mm-hmm. As I walk this uh, walk with the Lord, um, as far as it's per- how it's perceived in the uh, Baptist Christian Church, um, cause it's, you know, my biggest thing when it comes to the rapture is it says the dead in Christ will rise first. And how is that when my physical body's gone? And I know when you go to heaven, it doesn't, you know, your spirit is what goes to heaven. I know it's just your, your, I'm just kind of wanting to get closure on the whole cremation process. Okay. If you could just fill me in on that, I'd greatly appreciate it. All right. There's no difference between cremation effectively, uh, and a person who uh, died at sea 2,000 years ago and his body was consumed by the elements and the predators and the starfish and crabs. The body's gone. In cremation, the body's gone. Uh, People who are dead in the graves, the only thing left are their bones and sometimes those are fossilized. They're gone. God can certainly reconstruct however way he does it our bodies. And that's the issue. The it's our personhood that has continuity, the essence of what we are. And that can be placed in a resurrected body, not a problem. God can do that, and he, he will do that. Cremation is not unbiblical. It is not a sin. You want to be cremated? Be cremated. No big deal. And so as far as uh, rapture goes, in First Thessalonians 4, 16 through chapter 5, verse 2, it talks about... When Jesus ascends, or ascends, descends from heaven with the shout, the last trumpet, and the dead in Christ rise first. This means the resurrection that they who have died and have gone on be with him will be then united with their physical bodies. And then those who are alive remain, that will happen to them. And then we'll all go, or whoever, we, them, will all go up to be with the Lord uh, in heaven and we will forever have our glorified resurrected bodies. Okay. Great. Um, and one more question. That's awesome. Um, like my grandma, like she's doing the works of the Lord right now, right? She's not just mm-hmm. laying in a state of right. She's doing okay. the works of the Lord, correct? All right. Okay. You mean, so, is she passed okay. on? I, 
Yeah, she's passed on. Okay. So what I'm, you know, and she's probably the only person I honestly can ever feel like that I feel like she is in heaven. You know what I mean? Like 100% like I just, because of how she lived her life through Christ and uh, her commitment to everything she did always revolved around Christ. Okay. And um, you know how you have people that say, oh, she's looking down at you, blah, blah, blah. I don't believe that. I believe she's busy working for the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, well, what do you mean that, working that for? What do you mean working for? Um, well, I mean, doing, doing his work. Um, what, uh, I don't believe like... You know, <laughs> I always want to know people say things like, well, what does that mean? Where is it in the Scripture? I, I, doing the work of the Lord. Right, you know, I, I don't know like the work. I mean, I guess... Uh, um, I'm... I just mean glorifying the Lord. That's and, good. Uh, yeah. It's all right. What I'm saying, she's like, conscious, and she's with. The, if she's a Christian, she's with the Lord, and and not a problem, and enjoying His fellowship and right. presence, and and uh, waiting patiently for others to join her. Look, right. You believe we can look down uh, at the world uh, as we kind of conceive it from heaven? Do you believe that that's the and we're in that kind of state? No, I don't. I don't so. either. I don't believe we can look down. Right. Just think about it. That. I mean, you know, I, I live in a house. I can see across the house. I can see across the street. and mm-hmm. But much further than that, you know, it's like, who's that walking over there? So we're, people are going to be looking right. down at all their friends all over the place simultaneously, you know, different parts of the country. I, I just don't buy that. It, it just Nothing in Scripture says right. that. So uh, people right, like to right. say that. Oh, they're just looking down on us. Well, you know, I understand the sentiment, and I go, oh, "That's good enough. I don't, I don't worry about it." You know. Sure, so, sure. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you, Matt. You're welcome. <laughs> so call back anytime, okay, it's brother? Pleasure. It's the first. Yeah, I will. It's the first time I've ever called into a talk show. I'm 43 years old. Wow. I've listened to him for years and years and years, and I've never had really the call to do so. And you know, I, I think about it when I'm at work, and I'm like, I need to call Matt and, and talk to him about this, because I've just often thought about cremation, because I know it's just your body, it's just your physical body. You know, right. your spirit is what goes to heaven. And so right. I just wanted to get your thought on it, because I just value your opinion. So I thank well, you. Wow, well, I don't know if your judgment's that good, but okay, good. That's, I'll accept that anyway. You know. <laughs> All right, well, I'll try to call again. All right, Joe. God bless, man. Okay, thanks. Hey, folks, if you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. I just want to also remind you that we have three online schools if you want to check them out. And you just go to learn.carm.org, C-A-R-M dot O-R-G, learn.carm.org. And, you know, I just don't like doing this, but I've got to start doing this more often, is just to let you know that we stay on the air by your donations. Uh, that's just how it works, you know. So if you like the show and you want me to stay on the air, uh, you like it, then, you know, please consider supporting us. It doesn't have to be a whole bunch. Just go to carm.org forward slash donate, and you can uh, sign up. We even like, you know, just a little bit even, just on a monthly basis. That really helps us make plans on what we can budget. Uh, we know what's coming in. But uh, one time or multiple, uh, recurring is fine. You know, just carm.org forward slash donate. Okay, good. Got that done with. All right. Let's jump on with Alberto from Georgia. Alberto, welcome. You're on the air. Yes. Good evening, Matt. My question is uh, about the mark of the beast with the 666. I think it's, 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 it's going to be a mark. So I think it's going to be the sum of the Greek numerical numbers. That's my opinion. What do you think about that? Well, I, you know, I, I don't know what it's going to be. 666 is the number of the beast. What that means is 
that when you write a word in Greek, you are also writing numbers. And so a word has a numeric value. So the word for Jesus, which is Jesus, is 888. The word for fish, ichthus, has a numeric value of 1,224. So the, the name of the Antichrist will come up with 666. Six is the number of man because man was created on the sixth day. And it's a mockery of the Trinity, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's a, you know, it's what it is. And so this mark could it would it literally be the numbers six six six? It could be. Could it be something else? It could, it could be uh, the mark uh, of his name, and his, the name is six six six. Could it be the sum of all? Of, of, could it be the sum of all six numbers? The sum total, and that would be the mark in the Greek. I doubt it, but. It's possible, because we don't know exactly what it is, but it's on the right hand and the forehead. Mm-hmm. Some think it's a spiritual mark, but not a physical mark. Some think it's a physical mark. Mm-hmm. Some think it's, it's both. So there's just a lot of conjecture in what it is. But if someone comes along and says to you, hey, we want to put a mark so you can buy and sell, either on your forehead or your right hand, you say, no, thank you. And then you learn how to survive without buying and selling, because you don't want to take that mark, Okay. So. Yeah, but some people, some other churches believe with the church, they won't be here in that time period that happens. You know, the well, free trade people. Yeah. So they're not going to worry about that. I hope they're right. I don't believe they are, but I certainly hope they are. You don't see in Scripture where people just escape tribulation. They go through it. That's how it always is. They mm-hmm. go through it. And we're uh-huh. just not, you know, because we're Americans, we're going to get out of it. It doesn't work like that. Anyway, there we go with the break. Okay, buddy? we got to take off. All right. All right. Hey, folks, three open, four open lines. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, if you want to give me a call, we have four open lines. I want to hear from you. All you got to do is dial 877-207-2276, and we can talk. All right, let's get to Stephen from Greensboro, North Carolina. Steve, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, Matt. Thank you for taking my call. First sure. time caller. So mm-hmm. Appreciate you taking time to no problem. visit with me today. But my uh-huh. question is in regards to qualifications for pastor, um, specifically where it states in the Bible that the pastor must be uh, the husband of one wife. Um, no issue with women pastors at all. But my question wait, 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 is: Wait, 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 wait! You have no yeah. issue with women pastors. You're saying it's okay to be women pastors? No, absolutely not. Oh, okay, good. Okay, absolutely not. All right, good. Okay, it, exactly that. It, yeah, it right, specifically states they must be. Yeah, they, they, to to qualify, you must be the husband of one wife. I've never met a woman that qualified to be the husband of one wife. So yep, therefore, I'm, I'm my question is in regards to a pastoral candidate that's been uh, divorced in the past. That's where. Our pastor search team is having some. Let's talk. Some questions because we. How about if I talk Interviewed to multiple candidates. Well, mm-hmm. we we've interviewed multiple candidates, and 
several of them have been married in the past, divorced, but one in particular was married at a young age before they became a born-again believer. That ended in divorce. They then remarried, got saved after they were on their second marriage, have been faithful to that spouse for over 20 years, and then they got saved, and then they felt called to the ministry. Because they were married and divorced as an unbeliever, are they biblically disqualified from serving as a pastor, even though that trick took place when they were a non-believer? All right, let's go over some stuff, okay? So it says, Titus chapter 1, verse 5, to appoint elders. Mm -hmm. Verse 6, if any man is above reproach, the husband of one wife, having children who believe. Mm -hmm. Now, what if he's Mm -hmm. not married, he's never been married, never been divorced? The text says, a husband of one wife. Now can he be a pastor? Mm -hmm. And having children, plural. I guess you've got to have more than one child. Okay? It has to be a husband. Mm-hmm. It means he's got to be married right. and have at least two children. Right. Now what do you do if he the having, present tense, two children, and they you know, may it not happen, but his wife and children die in a car accident. Now he's single. Right. The Bible says he's got to be a husband of one wife having children to believe. Or what if you have a husband and a wife, Christians, they raise their children in godly ways, and then they move out of the house, let's say five, ten years after leaving the house, Two of them become unbelievers. Now, is he because have children who believe? Well, I guess he's disqualified. How literal do we take things? Now, yeah. some people will will say, Matt, you know, you 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 know, you can't do that, and then also say women can't be pastors and elders. And yes, I can because there's more argument there. But we're talking specifically right. about the issue of of men. So, there are differences of opinions that uh, that arise in this condition. Mm-hmm. So how I look at it, I can just, I'll just give my opinion, what I've seen in Scripture, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you, there are people who disagree with me. So, mm-hmm. it does say if a man's above reproach, the husband of one wife. It, what it is saying in the Greek is, uh, and it means a man or a husband of one woman, or and it, it generally it's a, a husband of one wife, and that's how it's to be. We could say he holds to the position of having one wife. In that culture at that time, you got married very early, often with arranged marriages. And so it was presumed that they could be, uh, you know, they were married very early. And he used to have one wife. Now, it doesn't say you can't have multiple wives one after the other, but of one wife. That's present tense. So what do you do if a a husband has a wife and she dies and he marries another woman? Now, is, is he a husband of one wife? Well, in one sense, yes, in another sense, no. So, of course, I would say, hey, he's, he's perfectly qualified to be a pastor. You know, you know, but he's had a second wife. But if both those wives die, and then he has a third wife, well, he's not disqualified. What if she can't have children or he can't have children, and he's a husband, and he's a good, godly man? Can he be a pastor? I don't see any reason why he could not. So what we're doing is we're looking at this. We're looking at it as being a normative thing. What women, can I be pastors and elders? It's a whole other topic, folks. And go to Titus. I mean, other things. I mean, go to First Timothy five seventeen. Cross reference it with Second Timothy two twelve and thirteen. Trust me, I know this stuff. But at any rate, so now we have to do this. Now we talk about this. Uh, this situation is a couple was married. A man was married. He's an unbeliever. He divorces his wife for whatever reason. 
well, and it actually these, this actually matters too to some people did she commit adultery and he was trying to be good and she left him some say well then he's disqualified even then some say then he's not disqualified but then what do you do if he divorced her unbiblically well then he's disqualified how far do we go with this so here's right. my principle exactly. My principle is this, that what Paul is doing is giving us the normative explanation of men to be pastors. They are to hold right. to having one wife or be one of one wife at least at a time. If they have children, they're to be believers. That's it. It doesn't say anything about what they did as an unbeliever. Now, Jesus, I mean, Paul said in his previous life as Saul, he counted all of it as loss, as dung, as gone. Right. Well, if I were on a committee hiring a pastor at a church and found out that he was divorced in his pre-Christian life, in my opinion, okay, you know what? It was sin. It's taken away in the cross of Christ. How have you been since then? I don't have a problem with that. Right. If he was a Christian man and his wife left him, would not repent, he sought reconciliation and to no fault of his own, not that he's perfect, but to no fault of his own, she left him, then I would say he's not disqualified from ministry because he was doing what was honorable to God. She's the one who left because the Bible says if an unbeliever uh, goes, let him go. And so he yeah. says, and you'll not be at fault at that. And that's First Corinthians 7. Then what do you do if he was a Christian? Now this word, now it changes. He's a Christian and he divorces his wife unbiblically. Just he didn't like her. That's it. Done. Right. I'd say he's disqualified at that point. That's where I would draw the line. Okay. Right. Okay. And that's what we were just, you know, trying to get clarification because we have of six or seven candidates we've interviewed. Mm-hmm. I think so far only one does not have a divorce or previous marriage in their background. Wow. Which has been eye opening for me. <laughs> well, what do so, you yeah. do? If someone marries someone to keep her in the United States, doesn't consummate it, just does it as a favor to somebody. Right. And then, you know, legally divorces that person. Yeah. That, and that's it. Is that, does that disqualify you? There's all kinds of scenarios. Yeah, there's all kinds of things there. Right, exactly. But for some of the oh, members of the... There's uh, a break. Hold on, hold on. I want to hear your thought. Hold on, we got a break. I want to hear your thought, okay? I want to hear it. Okay, okay sure. so hold on. Hey, folks, we have four open lines. I want you to give me a call with the bottom of the hour, 877-207-2276. Give me a call. I'll be right back. Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, four open lines. I want you to give me a call if you want. 877-207-2276. Give me a call. We can talk. Let's get back on the phone with Stephen from Greensboro. Hey, Steve, welcome. Yes, sir. All right, so where were we? So, yeah. So, well, we were just discussing the qualifications biblical qualifications for a pastor candidate in regards to a previous marriage. And so I think your expounding on that was very, very helpful. The, the main 
the main source of disagreement between members of our pastor church team has been some of our members saying because of a previous marriage in their past they were automatically disqualified as a candidate and I just I took issue with that I want to be true and faithful to adhering to the word as far as proper qualifications but I also again going to your point what happened before in your life before you became a born again believer that's then that's in the past so what has your life been since you became a born again follower of Christ what Mm -hmm. what's your life now and so that's where I think that helps to really clarify my position with the team in regards to some of these candidates well let me uh, let me give you two things to think about okay one is the principle of erring on the side of grace rather than law Mm. it's just a a principle it sounds good it sounds right Mm. we could take it too far but we want to be gracious we want to be gracious Mm. and 1st Corinthians 715 says yet if the unbelieving one leaves let him leave the brother or the sister is not under bondage in such cases but God has called us to peace well, if that you know, it's First Corinthians seven fifteen, not under bondage. Well, then, if that means that a person left his spouse, left her you know, spouse, she left her spouse, the other one is not under bondage; he's freed. So, if that's a free thing that happens, I think that it can be uh, taken over into the issue of a person who is divorced for whatever reason. Uh, not whatever reason, but you know, the unbel- at least in this case, right. the unbeliever leaves, like, commits adultery, won't repent, uh, whatever the reason is, where the Christian partner has tried to reconcile, the other one leaves, but through their sin and rebellion, then I would say, according to the scripture, we can make the case they're not under bondage and they're free to be a pastor. Mm. Right there, right. Exactly. and divorce so, again, is not a sin. Just like the woman at the well, just like the woman at the well. Jesus said, you know, go mm-hmm. and sin no more. That's right. Uh, he didn't condemn or pass judgment, just go and sin no more. That's right. But again, and that was, uh, you know, Aaron There's a little something right. else, too. I'm looking for the reference, but God issued a, uh, a certificate of divorce to Israel. Mm-hmm. So that, see, divorce is not automatically sinful. And that's a principle that's really important. Not all divorce is sinful uh, for the offended party. If it's not always sinful for the offended party, then why would they be held responsible for someone else's sin in that case? They're not guilty of it. So, right. uh, you know, well, these kinds of things. One of the points. Go ahead. Yeah, one of the points that was made was so if if we were to allow that candidate to come in when they're in a position of doing marital counseling that could be a stumbling block why uh, well again I've, I've learned many more things in my life from the mistakes that I made there you go versus the things I did right, That's right. so 
because you could you could have a you could have a pastor, and it would need to be known that this you know the congregation would have to know this is the situation of the of the mm-hmm. of the uh, divorce, right. and uh, we, the mm-hmm. elders of the church have come together and said they've accepted uh, that it was an unre- it was when he was an unbeliever. It's covered in the blood of Christ, etc. And you move on from there. Uh, and right. and then I could see him counseling someone, and he says, "Yeah, I know what it is. I know what it does. I can tell you how bad it is." Well, right. People will listen. We don't have to be perfect, but we do need to be above reproach. Well, above reproach means you're not the one. At the very least, you're not the one doing the so the, the bad, sinful stuff that causes a divorce. Now, again, I'm not saying you know one person's perfect and never makes any mistakes. That's not what I'm talking about. But so right. he's you know in this case he's he's the innocent victim. I knew a woman here in the area who uh, whose husband was committing adultery, and he didn't repent. She worked to reconcile the marriage and to go through counseling and to work it, and he refused to repent. And she came to me, and she said, what do I do? He doesn't want to repent of this. And I said, well, you have gone through your steps that you need to go through, and you've done what was right before God. You're free to divorce because he is unrepentant and continuing in his rebellion against God, even as God issued a writ of divorce against Israel for its spiritual adultery. He says, okay, we're done. And I said, keep a record of everything so that you can, when you go to the elders. And then uh, a godly man I knew a year later asked me about her and said, what do you know about her? I said, let me tell you. She's divorced, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is how I, I you know, went through with this, the process with her and, and everything. And I said, she's a good, godly woman, and she'd make a great wife for you. So I had that was me. I had no problem with it. And they're right. married. They're married. Right. So. And, and a friend of mine felt that he was biblically unqualified for years to serve as a deacon because, unfortunately for him, his former wife, left him for another woman and would not repent of her sin, even though he attempted to, for, to, he told her, you know, we'll go to counseling, I'll help you through this, we'll, you know, go through biblical counseling, and, and she refused, and, 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 you know, he made it clear, if you want this, right. you're the one that's going to initiate this, I'm not, because I'm committed to making right. my marriage work, whatever that takes. She refused to repent, and so therefore, you know, he they became divorced, and he felt for years that he was biblically unqualified. But I would say he is uh, still qualified it, to be a it, pastor. It, it, yeah, it is. Oh, and and his church has has worked with him, and now he is he's a very very strong deacon in his church, and uh, is just mm-hmm. a wonderful servant for the Lord. And right, you know, yeah, it's a tough one. So, okay, well, that really it's helps to clarify, and I will make sure that we. Discuss okay. the passage in, in Corinthians, and that will be sure. very, very helpful. So 1 Corinthians 7.15. 1 Corinthians 7.15. It's, it's worth looking at and comparing. And remember, also, okay. it's better to err on the side of grace than law. It's a principle. Right. God yeah, is so absolutely. gracious to us. He requires of us love and sacrifice and forgiveness, because that's what he's done with us, instead of the, the legality of law-keeping. Not that we shouldn't. It's okay to sin. But there's that principle that he shows to us. I think we need to show it to others within reason. You know? Right. All right, buddy. All right. Sounds good. All right. I appreciate your time.
All right. God bless. Right. Okay. Thanks, sir. All right. Let's get to John from Raleigh, North Carolina, whom we lost. Maybe he was raptured. Let's see. Randy from Kentucky. Hey, Randy. Welcome. You're on the air. Randy. Yes, sir. Uh, there you go. All righty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was speaking with a young man. I called the other day and asked about the hyperspaces thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, his question was, I don't know why he don't call him, but I guess he just don't want to. Uh, mm-hmm. John seventeen three, like he mm-hmm. leans more towards the oneness ideal, and he's like, mm-hmm. well, what does the Trinitarian do when it has Jesus mm-hmm. calling the Father the one true God? Mm-hmm. There, John seventeen three. Well, there's lots of things you can do. Ask him, is Jesus God in flesh? And there's lots of things you can say. Okay, there's one of them. Is he God in flesh? They say yes. Okay. So, if the Father is only true God, and yet Jesus is God, are you saying he's a false God? Okay. okay. It's, just, it's just a thought, because it brings up conversation. It brings up the point of what's going on when he says he's the only true God. Because if the Father is only true God, then who's speaking? Because if it's God in flesh, as they, some of them say, I, I just had an hour discussion with the one this guy today, as a matter of fact, before the radio show. But then who, who's talking? Is it the human nature of God, of Christ talking, and not the divine nature? Because if that's the case, then you deny the in, true incarnation and the hypostasis in, in a union. And so there's problems. This is why I say, ask questions, because what do they mean? What's going on? That's one way to approach it, just as a, a conversation. But also, what I do is also, I'll say, okay, so because it says then that the Father's the only true God, that means... Jesus is not God in oneness. They'll say, no, he is the Father. Say, okay, well, after the break, I'll show you what I'll do. Okay, so hold on. We get a break. Hey, folks, please stay tuned. Three open lines, 877-207-2276. Be right back after these messages. Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. Three open lines if you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. Just want to let you know that we stay on the air by your uh, support. So if you're interested in keeping the show on the air, please consider supporting us. All you got to do is go to karm.org, C-A-R-M dot O-R-G forward slash donate and all the information you need is right there. Let's get back to Randy from Kentucky. Randy, you still there? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So as I was saying, with the issue of the only true God, and that I ask them, is Jesus uh, God? And they're going to say yes. Mostly they'll say yes, of course. And then is he the false God? If, if someone else, the Father, is the only true God. No, he is the Father. Well, then, why is it that in two verses later... He says, Father, glorify me with the glory I had with you. So what you're doing is you're looking at the context. You're saying, you know, one this person, you want to say Jesus is the Father because only the God, the Father, is the true God. And yet Jesus, just two verses later, says, Father, he's talking to the Father. So if he's talking to the Father, then who is doing the talking to the Father? Is it the Father talking to the Father? That makes no sense. If he says, well... It's the flesh talking to the Father. 
because that's what some say, just the flesh, then it's not the divine aspect, it's just the flesh, then uh, he's saying, well then, the flesh, the human nature, had glory with God before the foundation of the world? That doesn't make any sense. And so when you start asking questions about the text, you run into problems from their understanding where they're saying the Father's only true God and Jesus has to be that Father. It doesn't make sense then. Furthermore, you'll find out that the Jews spoke sometimes in ways that, well, literally weren't accurate. For example, in Revelation 19.12, it says of Jesus, His eyes are a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems, and he has a name written on him which no one knows except himself. Now this is speaking of Jesus. Well, that would mean then God the Father doesn't know the name. But that's not the case. Why is it saying it that way? Or what about Jude 4, ungodly persons who turn the grace of our God into licentiousness and deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ? Does that mean the Father's not our Master and Lord? The one that's going to come back and say, well, the, the, Jesus is the Father. Well, if he's the Father, then how could Jesus say, glorify me with the glory I had with you before the foundation of the world? How could he have that existence as Jesus before he was Jesus? You see how when you start working with what they're saying, it falls apart. It just falls apart. And so the answer is this. He was under the law, Galatians 4, 4. That's what it says. He's made under the law. And for a little while, made Lord and the angels, Hebrews 2, 9. And being under the law, he had to have someone he would pray to and call God because he was man under that law. And in so doing, he called the Father the only true God but he was not negating his own deity. He wasn't saying he's only true as if there's no other, because there is no other God, but he's not saying he is not divine or not God. And, it, and the one is going to come back and say, well, that means he's the Father, and then you go back into this loop I talked about where John seventeen five and and uh, who Jesus was and stuff like that. I don't know if that helps or not, but well, there you go. It does, because, like, I was listening to this other gentleman. He was talking about there in John 1-1. He was like, well, see, this shows that there's only one God. But I'm like, how can you ignore the with there? He was with God. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you you pretend it's not there, it might work, but it's there. It's there. Try this. This is also really good. In fact, I use this literally today. Uh, John six thirty seven through forty. John six thirty seven through forty, and I'll say to them, because because it, it says all that the Father gives me. Who's the me? Is it the Father? Is it Jesus? The Holy Spirit? I'll just, I'll just ask. Who is it? And they'll say, "Well, it's Jesus." Okay, uh, will come to me. That's so. All that the Father gives me. That's present tense. So now Jesus, whom you say is the Father in flesh, is saying all that the Father gives me. Does that make sense to say that he's the Father who gives to himself, who's the Father? No, 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 Matt, he's Jesus, the person, the human. I say, okay, so it's so you're saying, okay, all the Father gives me, that's Jesus. So they're separate? They're distinct? Yes. Does Jesus have a will? Because it says, all the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I certainly not will cast out, for I came down from heaven not to do my will, my own will, but the will of him who sent me. 
So wait a minute. Now you've already admitted that the Father and the Son are simultaneously existing, and he says, as, uh, uh, as Jesus, not my own will, but your will, the will of him who sent me. How is it that he's sent from heaven if it's the human aspect or Jesus? How does that work? Because you're, that implies that he, Jesus existed in the preexistence, in, in heaven with the Father. But if that's the case, then you have two distinct persons. But you can't have that in oneness. If you say it's only the human nature talking, well, then wait a minute. You're saying then that it wasn't the divine aspect talking? Because he says, I came down from heaven? That's only that's the divine aspect? And I've had him do this, literally. All the Father gives me, that's, that's the human nature talking, will come to me. That's the uh, human nature. And that all who come to me, the human nature, I will not cast out. Well, that's the divine nature. For I, Jesus, came down from heaven. Oh, that's the divine nature. So I, the divine nature came down from heaven not to do my will. That's the human nature. But the will of him who sent me, the Father, who's really himself, but who sent me. Which is that? The human nature or divine, or divine nature? And you, you, start, you take this and you just start putting in the words what they say, which each nature, and it just falls apart. They look bad because it does not make any sense from their perspective. That's just another way to do it. John six thirty-seven through forty. Okay. Right. Do you have time for just one quick thing? Can I ask you? Or do you have sure. people on? We got two people waiting, okay. but real fast. What do you got? Okay, just real quick. You know how people they go, well, it's the Jesus only place. They go, well, it's in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like at times when the Bible refers to like in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit, can the in the name of like mean in the authority of or in the power of? Like if I came in the name of Matt Slick. And you know, has been something like harm, then that gives you certain authority. Or if my kids come in my name, they have yeah. my authority to tell someone else in the family, you know, what's going on. Yes, and go to Acts four seven for that. That's the answer because they're okay. exactly correct, and the support for that is in Acts four seven. They're asking the disciples, by what power or in what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Spirit, said, "In the name of Jesus, let it be known." Blah blah blah. That's what it means. Right. Exactly correct. That's the scriptural support for it. Acts four seven. Okay. Okay. Thank you Good. very much, sir. I appreciate it. You're welcome, buddy. God bless. All right. Let's get to Todd from California. Todd, welcome. You're on the air. Hi, Matt. How are you? I'm doing fine by God's grace. What do you got, buddy? So I'm curious. Where in Scripture does it say we go to heaven? We actually go to heaven when we oh, die easy. before the resurrection. Sure. Uh, we know that Jesus ascended into heaven, and that's Acts 1, uh, 9 through 11. He ascended into heaven, and that's talking about the third heaven, where he went into the heavens, okay? And 2 Corinthians 5, 8 says, to be absent from the body, that's death, is to be at home with the Lord. That means we're with him in heaven. So it's under the logic principle of the law of proper inference. If A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. So if Jesus is in heaven and we're going to go B with him, then we go to heaven. Okay. But wouldn't, where, where do we get before the resurrection? It says we all will be raised in the order first believers in Right. Yes, because those who died in the faith after the crucifixion of Christ go to be with the Lord in heaven. And when he returns, 
they'll return with him to be resurrected in their united in their glorified bodies per first Corinthians fifteen thirty five through forty time so forty five and then those who are still alive and remain on the earth they'll be glorified without having to experience death and ascended to heaven so okay. when most when Moses or when the when Satan's contending for the body of Moses why was it Moses present to the Lord because uh, some people think that what it was is because before the crucifixion of Christ, people went to Abraham's bosom. That's talked about in Acts uh, or John, uh, Luke, <laughs> Luke sixteen uh, nine through uh, Luke. Oh my goodness, Luke sixteen nine. No, Luke seven. I, I, I've quoted it a hundred times, and every now and then my brain glitches. Um, uh, I'll, I'll get it anyway. The, it's the story of Lazarus and a rich man, Luke sixteen nine nine through right. thirty one. Or is it 11? I gotta figure it. I'll figure it out. Anyway, so that's what's going on, and it looks like uh, because before the crucifixion, the, the the temple hadn't been cleansed, and the celestial heaven and the atonement hadn't occurred. So therefore, uh, nobody could go to heaven. And so one of the theories is that at the resurrection, uh, Jesus then. Um, or before the resurrection, after the crucifixion, he went and made proclamation to the spirits in prison and led captive a host of captives. And the cross-references over that are Ephesians chapter 4, verses 8 through 11, and First uh, Peter 3, 16, 17, and 18. And incidentally, uh, Rich Man and Lazarus is Luke 16, 19 through 31. Okay. All right, well, okay. I, uh, I appreciate the answer, Matt. Thank you very much. All right. Hope you accept it and believe the scriptures on that. Okay, good. All right, buddy. Yeah, I, well, I've got some more, some more things to study, and I appreciate it. Okay, call back, and we'll talk some more, okay? That's okay. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. All right, let's get to John from Raleigh, North Carolina. John, welcome. You're on the air. Thank you, Sergeant Major. Thank you for your service. <laughs> sure. Um your Bible studies, can you standardize the, the, the YouTube so that we could find them? Or is there a better place to, that's organized that has links to the Bible studies? Philippians, I think I'm still trying to find the last one. And the way they've got it, I don't know if it's because of you, a whole bunch of other out, even though I say Matt's like Bible study. And so I, and, and by the way, both April 29th. 2021 and April 29th on 2022, used uh, uh, the Trinity. Yes. I tell you what I'm going to do. I don't have sales for uh, Salesforce. I don't have um, Facebook because I refuse to. That's okay. Is there a better way to get? Well, I'll tell you what I'll do. Because you said this, because something else has been in the back of my mind, what I'll do is uh, change, not change, but I'll alter the Bible studies page. I'll modify it and update it to the pre present material so that you can just go to the Bible studies page. So what you do is you just go to karm.org forward slash Bible study. Okay, let's see, Bible hyphen study. And uh, let's see if it'll forward to the Bible studies page. I have a list of stuff. No, it doesn't. I'll, I'll fix that. And what you can do awesome. is... On the left-hand side is just go to the Bible on the, on the navigation and then go to Bible studies and then that'll give uh, the, the secondary look, uh, page. And I'll, I'll create a section in there of uh, past Bible studies or something like that. And, uh, oh, there it is. It's already there. The Christian Trinitarian God Examined in Depth. That's on the Bible studies page. And then, <laughs> believe it or not, I'm going to put the link for the actual video in there. I didn't do that. But those are all my notes. 
Those are all my notes for the uh, teaching on the Trinity I'm doing. Well, that's even better. <laughs> there's well, there's a lot there. You're going through and trying to get everything written down. Oh, it's all uh, there. I'll make it so easier much. for people. Hey, you okay, check it. All yeah. right, buddy. We're right of time. God bless. Let me know if, you, if it works God out bless. for you tomorrow, okay? Hey, folks, we're out of time, and the Lord bless you by His grace. I'll be back on there tomorrow, and we'll talk to you then. Have a great evening. God bless. Another program powered by the Truth Network.